1: All right, we are back for part two of our Winter Transfer Review Special. Uh, Joining me, as always, is Dave Hendrick, uh, who always comes on when we do these Transfer Review Specials. So, Dave, thanks so much for coming back on. Uh, We'll just jump into it today, starting off with Fulham. I know you have some thoughts on them, and we'll get into that in a moment. But for me, I thought the Babel signing was a very good one. He had been fantastic in Turkey, especially last season. 13 goals and 6 assists he had. Um, Looked their most dangerous player against us for Fulham. Um, a couple of weeks back, already has a pair of assists in three matches, uh, so that that should uh, bolster them a little bit. He could be the attacking threat that Vieto has somehow failed to become for them. Of course, they also bring in Markovic, so that hope is probably there with him. Although, uh, the, whole, the whole buyout free thing I'm confused about, so I'd uh, love to hear your response for that in a second. Um, but if they go down to the championship, you assume Markovic would be the one that would hold that spot. Maybe Bevel would try to move. Onward again. Uh, I like the Nordfeit signing by West Ham when they signed him on a free, uh, but they kept splitting him between center back and DM and kind of lost his talents there. <laughs> cough Eric Dyer, um, and also uh, Dennis Suarez, who we mentioned earlier. Um, if they just play him in defense, I think that's a, a needed upgrade there. In theory, he could play in defensive midfield and you push Callum Chambers back into defense, but Chambers has actually been playing really well in the midfield for them the past few matches. So uh, I would assume. You just throw Nortbite right into the back. I'll I'll keep my grade in my pocket until we hear what you have to say though.
0: Um well I love Ryan Babel. Um it amazes me that he's only 32. Uh, it seems like a lifetime ago that we had him at Liverpool and <clears throat> he never really developed into the player he should have been. He had an incredible amount of talent and Rafa Benitez used him really poorly at Liverpool and then he was shipped out um under Kenny Dalglish when he should have been kept around because he would have linked very well with Luis Suarez but uh he's gone on and done really well for himself with Besiktas, and he's a very talented player and he's he's a good signing for them I'm not sure what the fee is um but I think he'll he'll prove to be a good signing like you I'd imagine there's a relegation release clause but I think Fulham will stay up this year I think there's I think there's too much talent to go down I know we've said that about teams in the past, but I, I do think it's it's true with this lot. Uh, with Seri and Anguissa and Mitrovic and Sesson Young and now Babel. I think there's enough to stay up. Um, I, I'm really happy that La- La- uh, Lazar Markovic is finally free from Liverpool and can now move on with his career. Um, he's been treated pretty disgracefully by the club. Um his confidence was just torn away from him by Brandon rogers um being the absolute bell end that he is and Klopp hasn't helped matters by just refusing to even consider him um you know n- never giving him a single chance which is disgraceful really when you see some of the crap that we've had to that we've had to endure um the fact that this fella couldn't even get a, a look in is, is is fairly poor management but um I hope he goes on and has a a great career. I really do. I hope he goes to Fulham and and finds his best form. He went in a couple of loans when he was with us. He went to Hull. He was their best player. He almost kept them up. Um, He went to Fenerbahce. He was exceptional. Then he got injured. And then when he came back, there was a lot of will he, won't he like stay permanently kind of talk. He said he wasn't sure. And then all of a sudden the fans turned against him, which was just bizarre. Um, I, I think they demand a hundred percent commitment, but <laughs> looks like uh, a are in a bit of trouble this year. So you know, enjoy that, lads, enjoy that. Um, but yeah, I hope Lazar does brilliantly. I, I really like him. I, I think he's he's a huge talent. It just he wasted four and a half years of his career at Liverpool. Um, it's a shame. Nordved will do well as long as he's played in one position, game after game. Don't move him. Just leave him in one position. But. <laughs> Kev, I can only give them a C plus because they needed to go out and spend on a centre back and and not have our North North vent. They needed to go out and buy someone who could come in and lock down that defense because when Dennis Adoy is is a regular in your team, uh, you've done something wrong at this level, and he's just he's not a Premier League player. Um, I I think Alfie Mawson's uh, you know an okay defender. I think maybe. A, i I was guilty of overrating him after seeing him at swansea um but we must have forgotten that swansea went down while he was playing for them but i think molson can be a good second center back if you have the right for the next him, and they should have gone and addressed that it's not Nordved. Nordved's a fine third center back he's not as you know not a first center back um i think they could have gotten somebody in this there's Certainly, I know they tried to get Gary Cahill. Was it? Was it Gary Cahill they tried to get? Yeah, and they got Like I'm not a big Gary Cahill fan, but Gary Cahill would have been the right guy in that instance. Um, someone like a James Tarkovsky. Now, it's you know unlikely that Burnley would have sold, but someone like that to come in would have been a good fit. Ezri Konsa, we mentioned him earlier potentially would have been a good fit so if they stay up and I think they will I hope they will uh, it certainly needs to be number one on their list of things to do in the summer I, I really hope Liverpool have secured some sort of option on our friend Mr. Sessignon for the summer um, as part of this you know, a free transfer from Markovic um, because you know I really want him at Liverpool but <laughs> If he if he has too many conversations with Lazar over the next six months, there's not a chance he'll consider it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it is still interesting with Cessignon because I think now the price will be reasonable in him, both because of the regression of the market, which we talked about at the top of the show, but also because coming off of a season that he had like last year, the price was always going to be inflated, and he has struggled in the Premier League the way that I expected him to. Although I used to think it would be because of his size, but he has bulked up a little. Uh, it it feels like maybe he just doesn't have enough time on the ball now to do what he was doing last year. We'll see. Obviously, the talent is still there. But um, the the price will certainly be lower this summer than it would have been last. Um, I do not think Fulham stay up this season. They do have too much talent to fail. But much like Everton, their their sum is far less than their parts. Um, I've given them a C-minus. Uh, They were trying to get a defender in Yusuf Sabali on the last day, uh, and then Bordeaux just stopped communicating, which is also something Swansea did, and let's hope that that isn't a trend that develops, um, where clubs are in the middle of negotiations, change their mind, and then just don't tell you, and they just stop talking until the window closes.
0: Southampton did that to Liverpool over Van Dijk in in the summer window, where there was the big blow-up, even though they'd already agreed to let him go, and everything was... was a The way it bored. came out,
1: though, yeah. It, but, yeah, it looked really we, bad for them.
0: We leaked it to try and kind of scare City and Chelsea away <clears throat> and and try and get them lower. So Swansea, you know, put the boot in, reported us. All that kind of nonsense went on. Then we were talking to them behind the scenes. Ian Eyre was actually brought back in to kind of handle negotiations because he had a very good re- relationship with them. Everything was set in place. He was going to sign on deadline day. And then they wouldn't answer the phone. And that's what happened. They yep. wouldn't answer the phone on deadline day. So he ended up stuck there for the six months. And uh, now they're in trouble. So, you know, swings around <laughs> So and answer round. your
1: phones, I guess, is the, is the moral yeah. of this story. But
0: yeah, I, I, I think you're right with Cesc, you know, I think, I think at Premier League level, he looks more of a left back than he does a left winger.
1: Yeah, he doesn't seem to have that flair and attack anymore. But yeah. We'll see. It, it, he's still a very talented player, and we'll see how he develops. But for me, a C minus. For you, what was it? A C plus? C plus. And you think they'll stay up, and I don't. And that may have uh, impacted those grades slightly. Um, next up, we'll move on to Huddersfield. Uh, they, much like Brighton, just took lottery tickets for the future. And Brown and Grant um, Punchin is just a, a human being that was supposed to play there till Moy got back, and now Moy's back. Um, I think they're going down. They didn't have a manager during the stretch of the transfer window. No amount of money would have saved them. But surely as a fan, you would have expected more. I've, I've seen some some of the Huddersfield people we used to have on the, sh- on the full show. Um, just a gas week in, week out. This week, somebody said, I'm tired of the Premier League. And that's not exactly what you want your fans to be thinking about your club. Maybe a signing would have kind of turned that public perception around a little a, a little bit, even if you knew that you were probably still staying down there um but again th- there's no player that could have saved them this season um i've given them a d
0: yeah it's it's an f from me and it's an f overall because i think they've tried to repeat the trick with, uh, of wagner and they've gone and they've brought in dortmund's reserve manager um now maybe that's under the you know advice of wagner i don't know but for me i, I just think they took too long to get somebody in a week. A week into De- in January is not acceptable. If Wagner Wagner clearly told them he wants to go before he actually left, they should have had somebody ready to step in. Um, they lost a week, you know, of of preparation for games and in the transfer market, <clears throat> and they didn't do anything. I mean, Jason Puncheon, uh, yeah, he's okay and he he's been fine. He's been a fine Premier League player. Um, for Crystal Palace for a long time, but he's just what's he really going to bring to this team at this point in his career? I, I just don't see that he'll offer enough. I and mean, I could be wrong. He, he, you know, he might have a resurgence and and he, he could be very important for them. I think if they go down, I think he'd be worth keeping because I think he's got you know the leadership and the and the ability to bring them to help bring them back up. Um, but yeah, there's no hope for them. They're going down, and um. It's a shame, because I've enjoyed the, the Huddersfield Premier League era, and I, I have doubts that we'll see it again.
1: Yeah, although Grant and Brown, like I said, they both could develop and, and maybe into players that could help lead a charge back up. But yeah, the, the resources don't seem to be there for uh, another venture up, maybe if they had handled their time in the Premier League, better they would have succeeded more. But it kind of feels like they they've maximized, like they did as much as they could in the time. Oh, had. it
0: they did for certain. I mean, look, they came up on on a shoestring budget. They spent pennies. They needed a striker absolutely desperately this this window, and they didn't they didn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, their top scorer is Matthias Jurgensen Yeah, with three with three goals. He sent it back.
1: I, I will three say three goals this season. I think I think they got hard done by with. Uh, I I thought Mounier was going to be way better than than he has been, and he, he's getting the shots off, and some of them are on target, some of them are off, but just just hasn't seemed to click. And they need they needed that one to work out.
0: Yeah, he was their big money buy, and it didn't work. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, uh, now we'll talk about Leicester for a little bit. This is an interesting one. Obviously, a very limited window, but I think that's because they're just a team stuck in the middle, and they don't really have any huge needs at the moment. I mean, the young core that they've had coming is now here and starting to get minutes. Not all of them are at their best, obviously. Uh, but they have the talent, I, I genuinely think, to compete for the top four in a couple of years if they can keep all these pieces together. I mean, Madison, Gray, Chilwell, and Didi, Sionku, Bankovic, who's on loan at Celtic. Ihe Anacho has struggled, but we know the talent's there. Uh, you bring in Pereira, who's 24, so that fits that same window of of all of these players coming through. So they're going to be very good soon, but they're yeah, not there they've, yet.
0: They've got their, their two young academy players, prospects from Harvey Barnes and Hansa yeah. Chowdhury as well. Very, yeah. very talented players. Uh,
1: I'm, I'm not as sold on Chowdhury, but we, we can talk about that in a second. Because I think Tailmans was brought in so that Chowdhury doesn't have to play every week.
0: No, I think Tailmans needs to... Well, see, this is the thing. If Yuri Tailmans is used properly, he's, he's going to be an absolute st- uh, star for them. But to use him properly means playing him as a 10. Mm. And pushing... James Madison to the left, similar to what you guys do when Deli Ali plays the ten,
1: yeah.
0: and Ericsson plays in the left. And I think, I think, talent wise, maybe if if it all works out, they could develop into similar levels of players. Um, I know there's not a huge age gap between between Tailman's and Delhi, but you saw Tailman's last season at Anderlecht, he scored 19 goals. Mm-hmm scoring worldies from 25 yards with either foot on a weekly basis. Madison is to, to me the closest thing to Christian Eriksen in the English game and I think he's mm. very very good. And when you've got a really good young left back like Ben Chilwell who's Ooh, more than happy. Purpose. Yeah, and he's more than happy to overlap all day long. I think that's really good. For me then you need to put a base in midfield and then a plus one. Now I I think Chowdhury is good. I, he's not ready to be playing as regularly. But I think he showed me against Liverpool one great great tackle where he chased Sadio Mane for about forty yards and made an absolutely incredible tackle at the edge of his own box. I think the nouse is there, the 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 willingness, the mobility is all there. It's just a matter of fine-tuning that and developing him. The same with Harvey Barnes, a very talented player who who can play a bunch of positions. And um, they've got Damari Gray, obviously, on the right-hand side. And if they could get Iheanacho into the the level of form we know he's capable of and work him into the team as the nine with Pereira, Sayonku, Maguire, and, and Chilwell, I mean, all of a sudden, that's that's a central midfield partner for Ndidi away from being a, a really good outfield 10. Yeah, I think their issue is they need to move on from the title-winning group. I mean... Where's Morgan? Well, I just I'm think sorry. they're in that bridge period. Uh, they're, they they're, are. But that's it's why also, I said, like, in what, two years, four years on. Yeah. Are we four years on from that? Um, Where's Morgan? I'm sorry, he hasn't been a Premier League quality player for a couple of years now. Danny Simpson was training with. He wasn't a Chief. Premier League level player that year. Yeah, but he's yeah exactly, and he, he was training with the kids until like November this year when they were like, oh, well we we're, we're stuck, so you come back in and we're going to play you again. Like that's just. It's not fair on the player. It's certainly not the right thing to do. I think they're really close to being very, very good. I, I, I They'll never get back to Premier League winning level, I don't think. And I have doubts over whether Thielmans will stay there beyond the summer. But if they could keep him and add one more in midfield and then go and get a goalkeeper to kind of start to ease Kasper Schmeichel out, I think there's, there's the the bones of something really good here potentially a team better than the title winning team it's just that now liverpool city spurs etc are all a lot better than they were that season um they need to figure out what they're going to do with the manager situation as well because how how long have we now been hearing that they're looking to make a change that the the end is yeah. coming and then they get a half-decent result and he gets another couple of weeks.
1: To be fair, full-decent results because they beat City and Chelsea in like two out of three weeks.
0: Oh, yeah, and then that gave him another couple of weeks. And then they lost a few games in a row and then he was on the verge of the sack when they came to play us and then they got a draw and now he's got another couple of weeks to save his job. They need to make a decision. But what they need to do, which they've never done in the past, is make sure that when they fire him on that day, they have in their heads, their laptops, whatever the fuck, that they have three managers that they have identified as potential replacements who can come in, who suit what they want to do as a football club, who are used to working in those type of environments, in that kind of budget, someone like Eddie Howe would be absolutely ideal. And you bring him in, you say, right, this is the parameters we want you to work with, this is the director of football you're going to work under, these are the players we're looking to build around. You don't have to worry about us selling these players out from underneath you because we're not that type of club. We are more than wealthy enough to sustain this group of players. You will have a certain amount of money to spend, but you're not allowed to make decisions on who we sign because you've got a terrible eye for talent. And then you, <laughs> you, you move forward. You, you don't give them the Brendan Rodgers contract. He's the other one that's been linked, and they, they should stay well clear um, of, of the brodge. But, yeah, I mean... Eddie Howe would do really, really well at Leicester. And I think that's a club that can grow and grow and grow and become, you know, they'll never have the resources of the top six, but they could become the number seven team in England season after season and perhaps win a couple of domestic cups. And I think everybody connected with the club would be very, very happy about that.
1: Yeah, they're they're definitely a good place. Like uh, you allude to, I don't think I explicitly said it. This is just a six-month loan. But one of the reasons I was so bummed out that Tottenham didn't pursue this is I think he would settle well in the Premier League. And if he enjoys his time at Leicester, it would make it far more likely that he would want to stay. And as we said, I love your films. Yeah, and and his age puts him in that same period as the rest of those.
0: Yeah. Like for me, I I just don't understand why Liverpool didn't go for him because we need an attacking midfielder. Yeah. Um, And he fits like a dream into our squad. You look at everything about his game. His work rate, his, his ball winning, his ability to pass the ball, dribble, shoot—everything about him is perfect for what Liverpool are set up to do. And we've we've done nothing, and we've just let him go to Leicester. Now, again, perhaps for a club like yourselves and ourselves, it's a case of well, let's let him go there, and if he does well, and we both did with business. Madison, yeah, exactly. Well. Yeah, but I think I think that's backfired a little bit in terms of I think you could have had him for twenty five and I think it'll take fifty to get him out of Leicester now. Yep. And we can't afford fifty on a backup, you can't afford fifty on a backup. Mm-mm. So yeah. But if Part we of,
1: if we had brought him in there. we'd be far less concerned about Ericsson's long term fate. But true. We'll stop making this about our two clubs and uh, move on to Liverpool. <laughs> um, so, uh, Dave, all the big clubs, as we've said, outside of uh, Chelsea and Arsenal, did nothing. I've given them all different grades. Well, not all, but I've given a lot of them different grades. I've just given you the blanket C. I thought maybe a defender just to bolster the ranks. Maybe, as you say, an attacking midfielder that you've been wanting ever since you sold Coutinho and missed out on uh, Nabil Fakir. Um but all in all, you're you're in a good way right now, obviously leading the Premier League. Uh, and I'm assuming Klopp just didn't want to mess with anything.
0: Yeah, I assume because I mean is a big thing with him, so I assume he was just a bit worried that, you know, it might upset things if he brought in a midfield. Say if he brought in a midfielder and all of a sudden uh Jordan Henderson was to play even less than he has been, um, he might, you know, have a tantrum. Um it might upset people if he brought in a centre-back, which we are desperate for. Uh, Dejan Lovren might throw the toys from the pram. Uh, and these things can upset, you know, a, a title race. And we definitely needed to do something. Um, I, I've, I've given us a D-minus um, because of the Klein loan, largely, because I just thought the timing of it was, was stupid. I think we've done well in terms of, you know, moving players on. We've moved on Markovic. You know we've gotten rid of his contract. Um, we've sold Solanke for a pretty good, a pretty good fee. I think everyone would agree that that's a, a really good fee to get mm-hmm. for a player who was was in no way in the mix for for minutes at the club. Um, and we've been able to loan out a couple of young players: Chirivella, um Grapier. Grubera over Jaria and hopefully they'll develop and and, you know, if if not come back and play, find themselves permanent moves where we can we can make some money off them. So I I, in in reality it's it's probably a C because the Solanke deal is good. We haven't done anything stupid, but this the the decline deal has just really bugged me because like uh, did you watch Liverpool against Leicester? Jordan Henderson turned in one of the worst performances I've ever seen by anyone. And that takes some doing. Yeah, it's just uh, given the dross I've been subjected to over the years by this club, um it, it's impressive. Like that's right up there with the the really bad Lovren performances. Um mm. and like James Milner got absolutely annihilated by Wilf Saha the week before. So Because duh. Yeah, because of course he was going to because Will Saha lives to perform when he's on TV. ...against top teams, mm-hmm. and when you give him a James Milner, he's going to rub his hands together... ...and then dance all around him, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, we've had, you know, we've done nothing in terms of... ...incoming, we needed to bring in a couple, we needed to bring in one, a couple would have been ideal... ...but look, we'll, uh, we'll make do, and we're top of the league, five points clear of City, four points clear of yourselves now... Um and uh, we'll we'll go and hopefully beat West Ham tomorrow night and, and stay top and and I think we can win the league this year. I still I still think it's cities to lose if you know what I mean. Even though yeah. like we would have to not throw it away because I think at this point out I don't think the lead is big enough for it to be considered anything resembling a sure a sure thing. Um, not like when United were eight points clear with five games to go in in thirteen fourteen and throw it away. Um, I think you know we're certainly in the driver's seat now, but I still get the feeling it's City's league league to lose, and that we'll still need them to drop points in, in order for us to to win the league.
1: Yeah, that, that's surely just conditioning at this point. Um, something very familiar with uh, Tottenham fans just expecting the worst thing will happen. Yeah, <laughs> seeing what actually does. Uh, very easy segue into Manchester City now. Also, given them the blank C. Uh, for not really having done anything this window. was a little surprised, like you said, that they didn't try to pursue a Fernandinho replacement again, but maybe they're just so tired of doing it and then failing that they just didn't even bother this window.
0: And that, that may well be the case. I think they would have liked Frankie de Jong, but I think once Barca were in, I think That's that was... That's true.
1: I said that they didn't try, and they did try very hard on de Jong. He just chose to go elsewhere.
0: Um, but, I mean, they've done what they do. They've They've signed in a couple of more young players... Um, who'll never ever play for their first team. And then they've loaned them both out and loaned out a, a whole bunch of others. They did, they did make a lot of money this window. And mm-hmm. maybe, maybe it's just me. But I mean, 15.5 million for Brahim Diaz? Really? Really? Yeah. You're telling me that's not some sort of dodgy book? And did they and, get
1: more than 10 for Matondo as well?
0: Yeah, 11 million for Robbie Matondo, who with the greatest of respect, um, it is not an £11 million football player at this point. Now, perhaps down the line, yes. But at this point, no. Uh, he's it, like he's he's not Jaden Sancho. So, the fact that you're getting more than you got for Sancho. Um, it, Robbie Matondo has always bugged the life of me, though, because he's from the city of Liverpool, and we really, really should have nabbed him when he was looking to go from Cardiff mm. uh but we we just too stupid to do so um but look Matunda will do well once he gets his feet under him and and you know develops but I mean 11 million for 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 pure potential there's no basis for paying that type of money for him at this point um it, it all reeks to me of well, we'll mark it down as eleven million, but you don't actually have to give us eleven million. You know, you give us three and <laughs> we'll deal. Uh, but you know, City are clever. I mean, they 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 must own four thousand players at this point, and they they loan them out here and there, and they you know get these big loan fees of six and seven million for all these players, and then they come back and then they go on another loan for six or seven million, and then they get sold off and you would think at some point some of these players would be good enough to play for the first team. Like, mm. if if a kid who's who's worth 11 million at 18 isn't ever going to be good enough to play for the first team, or Brahim Diaz at 15 million, or Jaden Sancho, if these kids aren't going to be good enough to play for the first team, then your, your your priorities are all screwed up. Um, but yeah, it's a flat C, because they didn't buy anybody in. Yep. I, the Angus Gunn, I'm sorry, 13.5 mm-hmm. million in the summer to Southampton. No, gave you like four million. You fiddled the books for the rest. Stampin fans are delighted. Oh, we spent thirteen and a half million on the goalkeeper. <laughs> no, you didn't. You spent four, and City fiddled the books. City fiddling the books is going to be a theme from me for the next twelve months. And a hashtag. Um, yeah, and a hashtag. Just so you know, <laughs> uh, while while other stupid members of our fan base will cry arse about like grass and stuff, I'll just. Whinge about fit in the box <laughs> yep there you go um next we'll go to the red half of manchester
1: instead of giving them the uh blanket c i've actually given them a b maybe a b minus but i will stick with a b uh, which is what i have on my sheet right now two big reasons one you get out from under the fellaini contract send him off to china he was kind of a relic of this team Um, You get rid of all that money, and then you just take that pot of money, and you just dump it in Anthony Martial's lap, and you say, you have a future here, and you're very good. Please stay. And then he says yes. Uh, And so while there were no uh, transfers in, being able to get Martial to commit long term and being able to do so at basically net zero since you got all that money from the Fellaini sale and and wages, I I think that's brilliant business internally.
0: It's an A from me. Purely for getting rid of Fellaini, and, and
1: here keep, I was thinking I was optimistic,
0: <laughs> and keeping Martial. Martial is an enormous talent, and he was being driven towards the exit door by the previous management. Um, and I, I don't know how good Oleg Gunnar Solskjaer is as a manager there. I know he was dreadful at Cardiff, and I know we'll they won by the end a, of March. We will, um, we will know. But yeah, that's the thing because they had a look. You couldn't have. Cherry-picked an easier run of games from the takeover for. Uh, but now it gets difficult. Um, we'll see. We'll see what they're made of. They, they looked dreadful against Burnley. Um, <clears throat> so I don't know what the long-term future is at that club in terms of management. Is it is it Solskjaer? Will they try again for Pochettino in the summer? Um, it might Zinedine Zidane be interested? Whoever. So... One thing I do know is that if it is the summer and they get rid of Solskjaer and they are going to go and pitch to Maurizio Pochettino and say, look, come to our club. He's going to look at the squad he has and he's going to look at Harry Kane and Deli Ali and Christian Eriksen and players like this. And he's going to think, well, I've got a young man's son, I should mention, because he is exceptional. Mm -hmm. Um, He's going to look at that group and he's going to say, well, why would I leave those four players? That's a world-class front four. That's as good a front four as anybody in the world has to work with. Yeah. And anything else is going to be a step down. But if United can turn around and go, OK, well, we've got Marcus Rashford and Anthony Martial, and you'll have 200 million to go and buy two more to fill out your front four.
1: And and Pochettino could probably get the best out of Lukaku, not that I want to encourage such a thing.
0: Yeah, of course. He would certainly get more out of Lukaku than we've seen from previous managers. Um, he'll get more out of Paul Pogba than we've seen. Even though Pogba, to his credit, has been a lot better. He'll certainly get a lot more out of Fred. I think there's the basis of a defence in Delo in Baye, Lindelof and Shaw that Poch could look at, rub his hands together and think, brilliant, I'm going to have the best defence in the league again. You have David De Gea. You're probably one short in midfield and one short in attack of what he would ideally like, but you're Manchester United and you've got all the money in the world. But one of your big selling points will be Anthony Martial is locked into a long-term contract because Poch might look at him and go, "Okay, well, I have my Harry Kane now. I'm going to move him to number nine and I'm going to build around him as my number nine. I don't see any problem with that. I think Marcus Rashford, you you could maybe make him into a slightly... Different version of son, of of son and what he does for the team is that kind of secondary striker. Um, maybe he would go back for for Eriksson Rally and try and buy them, but certainly there's there's the makings of a team there, and they've done well this year to just to get rid of that dreadful Fellaini contract. The next one to get rid of is the dreadful Alexis contract, and if you can do that and unburden yourself from the terrible decisions that were made by the last three managers in terms of giving massive money to average players or players past their best, United can get themselves back on track. So, yeah, for me, it's an A. Um, I, think, I think it's a sensible A. Because what have United done in the past, Kev? They've panicked and they've gone, mm-hmm. oh, look, there's a really expensive, shiny thing. Let's buy it. And it turns out it's just a piece of tinfoil sitting on top of a rock. And it's, instead of buying, you know, a 50 million shiny thing now they own a 50 million rock and a you know two cent piece of tinfoil hi this is craig robinson from ways to win and support for this podcast comes from invesco qqq the official etf of the ncaa the future isn't scary not realizing its potential however could be Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, you make a very compelling argument, but I'll, I'll stick by my guns. I'll go with B, you'll go with A. Uh, we'll head to Newcastle, who are the only club that I've actually given in A to. Uh, and <laughs> funnily enough, I don't think Jake agrees with me on this. We did a, a Newcastle segment with him, and he was a little disappointed that they didn't do more. But I feel like they filled the two biggest holes in that squad, which was a genuine creator and a half-decent left back. And admittedly, I don't know that much about Bureka, but he cannot be worse than what they've had thus far. Although, credit to Matt Ritchie for filling in as a left wing back and doing it decently. Um, But you you just needed somebody that actually plays that position there. Uh, And Almiron may just be the best-slash-most-perfect signing and or fit of this window. Um, Benitez wanted him for ages. He can step into the team and make an immediate impact. They need both goals and creativity from midfield. He had 13 goals, 11 assists last season in the MLS. The only potential downside is that the price is a little high just because we haven't really seen a talented, younger player leave the MLS to the Premier League before. like We just don't have that analog to like base things off of. Um, but if he does well, it's going to set things up very well as a relationship between the two. I was speaking to... Um, Sam, who, who comes on and discusses Palace with us sometimes, about how I think the MLS's goal is to, or, well, should be, and potentially is starting to become, being like the era Eredivisie is getting these young players develop them, sell them for massive money and yeah. uh, if Almiron does well, this could be the beginning of that era. I, I forget which player, but DC United just sold someone to uh, PSG, so th- this could start to become a thing um, but I personally think Almiron will work out very well for Newcastle, and like Dubrovka and Kennedy last season I think uh, Almiron on his own could probably keep them up. And if Berekas is halfway decent, uh, he'll certainly contribute to to their Premier League survival
0: as well. So, yeah, it's it's an A for me. Um, Luciano Acosta, he's the one that was going to PSG. I think that fell through, though. Oh, did it? Oh, yeah, <clears throat> I think it literally fell through at the last minute. Um, but, yeah, I, I 100% agree with you, especially on, on what you're saying about the MLS. Rather than being what you have traditionally been, which is a retirement home for players from the top leagues, start to become the nursery to develop these players. Almiron can be the first of these. Mm-hmm. His teammate Ezekiel Barco at Atlanta Atlanta is arguably Argentina's biggest prospect, yeah. and he's there. Like and they were so much fun to watch last season. Sure were. They were just a joy. And if for those that don't know, they won the league they won the league in their second season in existence as a football as a club which is just tremendous and they they've had massive backing behind them but they've gone out they've been aggressive in their, their, their transfer market strategy and you have and to spend they, the money right exactly that's exactly it and now you know we'll see how they how they move on from here their manager cha- left in the summer frank De Boer has taken over they got in
1: martinez already to replace elmiron
0: yeah so i mean it's not like they're they're taking a step backwards they're stepping forward and continuing to be aggressive I think he'll do well in the Premier League. I think players like him who have exceptional pace, exceptional dribbling, and a willingness to work really, really hard will always succeed in the Premier League. And I think if you have... He's really, really brave as well. And that's one thing. Like Say like a Lazar Markovic. There's been questions about how brave he is. His confidence will go if a pass goes astray and he won't try it again. Almiron, from the games I've seen, will try it over and over again. Um, I think he's happy to put a team on his back and try and carry them. And Rafa's had success with players of of his ilk in the past with Pablo Weimar. So, yeah, I mean, I think credit to Newcastle for going out, being brave, spending this kind of money on a player coming from the MLS when they could have done, you know, what Bournemouth did and buy a lesser player from the Premier League. Um, it's great to see Newcastle spend a little bit of money. I'm sure. I'm sure. I reckon this is tied to Benita signing a new contract, and I think we'll hear of that in the coming weeks that yeah. Rafa's agreed to a new contract. But I hope they'll continue to back him in future windows because, you know, I I think Barek is a good left back. He was certainly very good for Torino. Hasn't worked from a, at Monaco, but none none of Monaco's signings over the last two years have really worked all that well. Yeah. Um so that's more I think that's more indicative of the club being in in upheaval than the player himself. So I mean like they've had a turgid a turgid list of left backs at Newcastle over the last few years. So I I I agree with you. I think it's an A and I think uh I think Almirón's going to be a lot of fun to watch in the Premier League.
1: Yeah, especially now that you finally have Rondón firing. Like just yeah. giving him that service, yeah, it it should be very fun to watch indeed. And I I assume that you agree that they should be safe.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, I think they sh- I think they probably would have been safe anyway because I think Benitez is just good enough to yeah. keep them up and to pick and choose the right games to grind out um, the results. But yeah, I, th- I think this will definitely see them stay up and and hopefully it's the start of Newcastle turning things around and getting back up. Up the table where they belong. They're a, yeah. a club that belongs to the top half, and uh, Jake is one of my favorite people who does these podcasts, and I, I really hope he'll, he'll get to see some some exciting times now with Almirón.
1: Yeah, hopefully exciting times on the pitch, and hopefully an ownership change soon, just to relieve yeah. that just rock yeah. hanging over all Newcastle fans' heads. Um, moving on to Southampton now. I think this is my first F of the list. Um, I considered giving them a D or a D minus just because. Uh, They didn't overspend on a garbage striker that's never scored more than eight goals in a season, which is literally something they've done two or maybe three of the last three seasons, Uh, because it was Gabbiadini last year, it was Guido Carrillo. They may have done it the year before as well. But they just kept spending money on strikers that don't score goals and then complain about not scoring goals. It was an incredible run that they were on there. Um, But they don't bring in anybody while they let a significant amount of first-teamers go. Cedric Suarez had a falling out with Hasenhutl very early on in his uh, brief tenure. Uh, They let Steven Davis go, who I'm pretty sure has exclusively scored goals against Tottenham. Uh, Wesley Hutt, who was supposed to initially be one of the replacements for Van Dijk, hit or miss ever since he went, but he's still a first-teamer. You get rid of Gabby Adini, who scored some goals, but you understand that one. That one just never worked out. But to let go four members of your senior squad and bring in no one else mm. it's it's not a good look no
0: no it's not a good look at all um and it, it does kind of point to um you know les reed has done a really poor job over the last few years in terms of recruitment i mean you know you look at the players they've so like they've loaned out just for this season guido carrillo what did they spend on him near 20 million yeah let's you know, loaned out, loaned out for the whole season. and Buffal, who's a very, very talented player, they just never used him properly. Loaned out, Jordy Classy, very talented, loaned out. They've brought in a bunch of these players, sold, not used them. Yeah, exactly. Um, Wesley Hoyt is the strangest one though, because I, I did think there was a partnership that could have been developed between him and Stevens, and it seems like they've plumped for Stevens and Vestigard um i i I just don't i don't rate festeguard at all i think he's a calamity Uh, he's so slow as well um it's a shame with cedric suarez because i think he's one of the better right backs in the league Um, yeah i would have
1: preferred him over trippier the year we made that deal
0: oh absolutely but as you say he's just uh he's he's just had himself a a big falling out with the manager Gabbiadini being sold again you mean you're You've sent two strikers out, because obviously Korea went in, in January. You, you loaned him out. Now you, you're selling Gabbiadini, And now your striker options are Danny Ings, who's incredibly injury-prone, and playing Nathan Redmond out of position. Or Charlie, Austin, or who's also or Charlie also Austin, Austin, who's always injured. Like, always. Even when he's fit, he's injured. Or Shane Long, who scores one goal a season. They're your options. So you've left yourself short again. And I just, I, for me, it's an F. Yeah, they're just really poor. And it's a shame because I think they did really well with the managerial appointment. Yeah, like They really surprised me with this. I, I thought I thought we'd see Parju or Moyes when Hughes was going. And we didn't see that at all this year.
1: No, I mean, not still even. There's but isn't it great? Club.
0: It's fantastic. And hopefully that's the end of them. Hopefully we never see them again. Um, not to wish anybody to spend the rest of their lives unemployed, but...
1: But they won't. They, they'll they, all be on Sky on deadline day saying that managers yeah, they that were all able of, to keep their jobs did a bad job.
0: They can always afford it as well, so uh, they've got those. <laughs> um, Paradis still getting paid by Newcastle, for God's sake. Um, yeah, I mean, I just think they've left themselves really, really short here. And, uh, yeah, questions need to be asked from top to bottom with that club.
1: Yeah, my final question for you is they were one of the five clubs that were allegedly trying to chase Che Adams who literally could have never left because Birmingham can't bring in other players. If they had managed to bring him
0: in, what would it have done to their grid? Um, I like Che Adams, and I think he's. I think he's been a very good player at, at championship level. I really liked him when he was at Sheffield United. He was <coughs> more of an attacking midfielder, than then, and then he mm-hmm. obviously moved a bit further forward now. Um, I think he's definitely a player who's going to develop into a good Premier League player, but I think he needs more time at Birmingham. It probably would have bumped the grade to a C- minus if they brought Mm -hmm. him in.
1: Yeah, but But still a lot of other players left without replacements. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, uh, on to Tottenham, who also did nothing. They do not get the blanket C that other people did. I've given them a D. Uh, Could potentially be worse than that, depending on your viewpoint. Um, I'd say one of the weirder things, and obviously... um, less reported uh than what happened with salah obviously and and rightfully uh was the passing of adrian rabio's father uh which happened during the window which kind of yeah. ceased all negotiations from their camp which was reported very inflammatorily as tottenham uh, as uh, his camp saying that they had no interest in a move to tottenham and what they said was they had no interest in a move anymore that they were trying to deal with these you know internal family family issues which his mother is his agent, so it's all it's all related. So just the, the way that that was reported was a little iffy and it was very unfortunate for Tottenham because now he can probably move to a much bigger club in the summer. Um, but I, I genuinely think we were in there um, and then something like that happening just kind of threw a cog in the works there. Um, also uh, Tottenham tend to have a big flashy person and then working on something under the scenes, that was Maita, uh, which we weren't able to pull off either. Um, so yeah, it ends up being zero signings. Then Misu at the last moment on deadline day becomes an option. He wants the move. Uh, Tottenham make two offers: one loan, one permanent. Chelsea reject both, uh, despite getting lesser offers from everyone else. Um, but you know, I understand it's it's a rivalry and stuff, and it absolutely would have bitten them in the ass going forward. So <laughs> they were probably wise to do that, even though I'm salty about it. But what I do think is very interesting. And it is one of the reasons I haven't given it as an F, is because it brought about a turnaround on Vincent Janssen and the mind of Mauricio Pochettino, and I imagine that the conversation went something like this: Well, we offer five million on loan or thirty million permanent for Bacheuai, and they said no. What do we do? Who do we buy? Oh well, remember how we have Vincent Janssen, a player that was rated similarly the same year as Bacheuai in our reserves, rotting because Pochettino doesn't like him oh, maybe we should play that guy instead of spending $30 million. I imagine the conversation went something like that because literally the day after the transfer window, Jansen was added to the Premier League squad. He's going to be added to the Champions League squad. And Pochettino said that, you know, he can't make a move to other places for reasons that he's not willing to discuss. Crazy tabloidy, rumory stuff that I don't want to give any credence to but has been discussed is potentially he has gambling debts and that he wasn't able to leave for that reason. I cannot speak to that at all. But... Pochettino letting back in Vincent Janssen adds a body to the squad the same way signing another player would have. The talent is there. Uh, he's been scoring for the U23 since he got fit again. And I think that just keeps it above an F. Um, the Rabiot thing, very unfortunate. Uh, the timing there, again, of a situation that's, that was non-football related. We were never really that in on De Jong. We could have been a year and a half ago. We tried to include him in... Um, uh, him and or DeLeague in the Davinson-Sanchez deal, where we were going to pay for both of them, but they could keep one of them, and then we'd, we'd get both a year later. Uh, they always imagined they could sell both of them for more than that, and they sure have on uh, mm-hmm. um, on DeYoung and we'll see on DeLeague probably in the summer. But uh, disappointing from us, thought we were a couple players short, especially with uh Kane and Son both being absent at the same time, but we squeaked by with Lorente in the Premier League, got knocked out of two domestic clubs and the uh, two domestic cups in the process. um Central midfield letting Dembele go and not bring in a central midfield replacement, I think is the biggest sin uh for the club of the window
0: yeah, i think I think a body was definitely needed in midfield. I think i I was a little bit surprised that they didn't just go and try and buy Rabio and buy him now because I think p s g would be open to that. And I think he potentially could have gotten the same deal. He like you could have offered him the same deal he would have gotten the summer. Yeah. But you just give PSG ten to twelve million, they probably would have taken it because they've already said he's not going to play for us again. Um. So I think I think you could have brought him in. Um. But look, you've got you do have some quality in midfield. I mean, Dyer and Sissoko have largely played far too much and for me it's it's troublesome that Victor Wanyama has been so marginalized
1: he's he's just back now from fitness and he did play
0: against Palace in the in the uh, FA Cup and he should now play every game for the rest of the season as long as he's fit Um, because I think him and Winks could be a good partnership yeah Winks is the passer Wanyama is the destroyer that's it and I I think Winks has been a major positive for Spurs this season he's really stepped up um, I still dislike that his shirt number is 8 and not 40. Um, <laughs> I think a trick was missed. I, I don't know that Winks is is good enough to start for you long term. That remains to be seen. I mean, he's certainly a talented player, but is he a starter for a top four team in the long term? I don't know. Um, we were talking about Leicester earlier on. He would be perfect in that team. Age, mm. profile, a skill set, everything next to indeedy, he'd be he'd be outstanding in that team. Um, but you know he's been a big 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 plus for you guys this year. Um, you needed somebody, you needed one more in attack. You, you've got great options: Lamela, Mora, Delhi, Christian Eriksson, Son, Kane. I mean when you list them out, there's there's great talent there. But you've had injury problems, and if you could have gone and got Michy Batshuayi on loan or or whoever it would have been it would have just meant something to the squad someone like an ishmael Asar, who can play a multitude oh, yeah. of positions like he would be ideal for spurs and, you know
1: my, my my list was of two uh, was Depay and martial last summer and obviously neither yeah. came off.
0: yeah you know or like someone like a nicholas pepe this summer would be very very good um mm. but you know i i think i think you're in a really good position i, I certainly think you'll be top four without a doubt and I think we're seeing just how good a manager Pochettino is because it's two windows in a row you haven't brought in anybody. Um, you've you've let uh, Dembele go this year. Now, I know he wasn't nearly as influential this season as in past seasons, but I'd imagine off the pitch, probably still quite an important figure. Um, you know, you're still playing every single game away from home and to be in the position you're in second going into today, it just, it's just tremendous from, from Poch. Um, so I, I'll go with C minus just because I think, as I said to you in the summer, I think it's better to not buy than to buy poorly. And I'm sure there's guys out there who you could have panic bought. You were clearly yeah, in. We
1: names being thrown at us all deadline day. In, yeah, in and yeah, there was clearly now.
0: money there to be spent. You know, you, you offered the money for Michi, So the money was there. Um, but you see, you could have gone and bought badly. I mean, you could have gone and bought Dominic Solanke for twenty million, <laughs> yeah. and 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 it's not a knock against Solanke, and it doesn't change how I feel about him going to Bournemouth. But for Spurs, you're you're sitting at the top table, so you need to be aiming for m- more fitting food, shall we say? Um, not not what you you can't shop at the same place as, as Bournemouth shop. You need to be aiming higher. So. For me, I think it's probably better to keep that 30 million or whatever was there until the summer, when more players will be available. You've now got six full months to scout. You're going to have more of an idea of what your financial situation will be, because you'll be in the stadium by then. And you'll have more of an idea of, you know, might this be the summer that Christian Eriksen goes? Is Toby Alderweireld going to go this summer? Might Jan Vertonghen want to move on? Or Hugo Lloris might want to go back to France? Things like this. So, Probably better to keep your powder dry and, and wait till somewhere. I'll go with C minus.
1: Yeah, I, I'm starting to get concerned that this might be the Ericsson departure year, but uh we will see. Um and I will I will draw one quick comparison between Tottenham and Liverpool's window, which is why Liverpool got a C from me and Tottenham got a D, is that you were able to shift Solanke, potentially Klein if that that purchase option is is there. You got rid of Markovic, and that's what Tottenham haven't been able to do. It's not just about the money. It's about the numbers. And mm. Kudu has been wasting away at Tottenham alone to Monaco. He gets on deadline day with no option to buy, so he's still at the club. As much as I'm excited that Jansen might get a chance again, he's still at the club. We still yeah. have Onama and Edwards who were supposed to develop and just didn't, as is tradition for Tottenham prospects. The ones that are supposed to make it don't. The ones that aren't supposed to make it do. Uh, we're seeing that with Winks and Skip at the moment uh, instead of Onama and, and uh, uh, Edwards. And so we're currently stuck and burdened with the players that haven't and won't make it whereas the thing that i thought you did very well was get rid of those players so you're you're more set up for the summer than we are right now unless mm. we can get them both out and then get the replacements in one window we're going to struggle again in the summer and might then be looking at january next year or the following summer when we can really start to slump the ch- the cash unless we sell ericsson or toby or somebody like that just to kind of get I, that influx
0: i have a question Hmm. ericsson
1: yeah
0: where would he go who's out there that needs a player of that nature and has the money because there's a lot of clubs i don't that know need also a it's a nerds. dying position yeah
1: like the pure 10 is quickly becoming not a thing in football
0: no people are looking more for that goal scoring 10 like a Deli. yeah um or or a, or a bruno fernandez or yuri a, a tilmans yeah um like, I look at Coutinho, who's probably, you know, the closest thing to Eriksen stylistically. Um, you can argue over who's better. I think they're both of a similar enough level. Um, but you look at the struggles he's having now at Barcelona, where they don't trust a him. in
1: formation that isn't a pure 10.
0: Yeah, and they don't trust him to play in midfield. And they don't like the fit of him in the front three. So, like... Ericsson's not going to go to Barcelona they they won't have the money to buy him anyway um would Real Madrid have interest now that would probably require one of modric or cruz to move on probably modric given his age yeah so like yeah he'd be a great fit there as a 10 with, with cruz and casemiro behind him asensio on one wing and and whoever uh, vinicius junior probably on the on the other wing and then whoever they buy in the summer as their nine I would imagine Mario Ricciardi is probably the favorite Mm. um, because they're not going to buy both from you. Like you're not going to sell both those guys, Kane and Ericsson. Um, So outside of Real, who will have other options.
1: And by the way, one of the reasons Ericsson hasn't signed his contract extension was to see what the interest was this window. So I Mm. would expect him to sign a contract before the end of the season. But we know that there were two or three foreign clubs in particular that he was eyeing that were why he wasn't signing his extension. And we know all three of them are foreign, which is probably obvious. We probably weren't going to sell him in league. But you have to imagine it was Real, Barcelona, and then question mark. Maybe PSG?
0: PSG and Bayern, I would imagine. Oh, the Bayern things. would
1: actually make a lot of sense.
0: And he would fit at Bayern. Because and he'd
1: fit that their current age thing, because they're yeah. they're finally moving past like the Ribéry-Robin era.
0: Exactly. Actually, Bayern makes a lot of sense. 24, 27. But... Bayern have agreed to buy Pavard. Bayern want to buy Lucas Hernandez and they want to buy Timo Werner. And now that is probably a lot of money. Making... Exactly. That's, in all likelihood, that's 170000000 million-ish Which for those Which in the three Bundesliga
1: players. is not there, TV money-wise.
0: Exactly. So, I think you might just get lucky and be able to keep hold of Christian Eriksen purely on the base of the teams that want him, can't afford him, and the teams that can afford him don't have a use for him because they don't play that type of player.
1: Yeah, and if, if Madrid keep playing a 4-3-3, I, I think Ericsson would be somewhat wasted in that anyway. But For sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with Tottenham in the summer, although that's what we said last summer about January. So
0: <laughs> we'll just see yes.
1: how far we kick this rock uh, along the road. Um, next up, we'll talk about Watford, but very briefly. They, they take a potential flyer on Adam Parks, uh, but he's heading to the U23s. No guarantee for me that he'll ever make the first team as their goalkeeper. Um, so they get the same C from me as the clubs that did nothing.
0: Um, they did sign. Uh, what is the name of the Stuparevic? Stuparevic? the young striker that they brought in. I think they paid a Ooh, couple he of million. Show up for on him. the
1: Premier League list.
0: Yeah, he's a Serbian striker. They brought him in for two million. Now I think they're they again. It's a, a kind of a future flyer. Let's hope for the best. This might turn into into something or it could be nothing. But they're another club who've done done a bit of this. I mean, they, they signed uh, Queenwa from West Ham in the summer for a million in the hope that he'd become something. Ken Sema in the summer, the same way. So it seems to be what they do. And if you're if you, those who, who understand Watford are owned by the same family that own Udinese, Udinese and this is, what, yeah. this is what Udinese have always done. They've gone out and they've bought young talents in bulk and hope that one or two would develop i think that's what they've done again here um so Stuprovich, i think i i I know nothing about him i've never seen the guy play i'd never even heard of him until we started looking up for this podcast but my quick research tells me that he's 18 years of age and that he's uh in all likelihood going back on loan so um yeah i mean that's what they've done so for me it's a flat c because I don't know anything about him, and uh, it was reported by the Watford Observer on the fifteenth of January. So I'm taking that as a as a worthy source of mm-hmm. information um, that that has that 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 deal has taken place. But yeah, they've done nothing else. Um, they probably could have done with bringing in one or two extra bodies. They just need center thinking. backs.
1: I have no idea yeah. how they've made it in the Premier League this long with such crap at center
0: back. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. Bring it. Go and find someone and find someone to play up front who's not six foot one <laughs> and fourteen stone. Find someone of a different physical build, um, because you know you, you have enough of them type of fellas. But yeah, I mean they they needed a center back and they they haven't addressed it again, but. They seem to just muddle by, and it's uh, it's an impressive thing that they do.
1: Yeah, it's something that I think we both think Brighton might be trying to do, is how boring can you be? Keep taking these future flyers, and some of them will work out.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And it is it is a very interesting model going forward. Uh, we'll move to West Ham next. Um, I've given them a B for now, which might be a bit high, but getting a creator like Nasri in on a free and managing to hold on to Arnautovic this season I think is a big deal. But they may be damaged significantly long-term by this, by this window. Because A, Arnautovic will never be as valuable as he was this January. Um, yep. They will probably finish this season on stronger footing than they would have if they sold him. But long-term, this could really be bad because, and I'm very delighted to get to talk to you about this because people on Twitter informed me that you're also very high on him. Keeping Marco Arnautovic meant they did not have the money for the Maxi Gomez deal. From, Cent- yes. from Celta Vigo which if they aren't able to finish that in the summer which you know all reports are that they're still invested they're still in talks they're going to try to work it out in the summer if they do not get that done in the summer this window and this particular player mess I genuinely think will be along the lines of those can you believe this club missed out on this superstar articles alongside yeah. Tottenham missing out on Aguero Blackburn missing out on Lewandowski, I'm not saying Gomez will certainly reach that level. He has the potential to, for sure. But even if he ends up being very, very good, which I think is inarguable, he's already very good. Um, If this means, if keeping Arnautovic meant they didn't have the money to finish that deal, and he goes elsewhere and becomes the player that he could be, this will look, in hindsight, like one of the worst windows I've seen.
0: Yeah. um, I mean, look, let's just start. I'll start with Nasri. Uh, You know... He's free, he, there's no risk. If if it doesn't work, you bin him off. Short term contract is fine. They brought in Masik Joe from Benfica, talented young player, had been highly rated, but there was some issues there where Benfica were happy to let him go on a free. So so it's it's a flyer. Um they kept of and they gave him a new contract. And I Which might
1: have a buyout clause of forty five million. Some places said it, some places didn't, so I see, wasn't hundred percent
0: sure. And this is where I'm going full conspiracy mode. I think they have struck a deal with the Chinese club for that figure for the summer. And they've said to Arnadovich, look, we need you for six more months and then we will let you go. We will allow you to go to China. We'll look, we'll agree the deal now. It'll all be put in place. We'll just keep it hush hush. But I don't think Celta were really prepared to sell maxi gomez i think if I think if they celta are in a relegation had, fight yeah exactly and they're screwed if they go down um and and his value will will probably drop if they go down as well um i think if if celta had said yes we we'll sell Maxi Gomez we want forty million for him I think we would have heard an out which has gone to China for thirty eight million or forty million or whatever. So I think it's possible that they've set that deal up with Arnautovic to go for the summer. Now, I don't think they're as close on the Maxi Gomez deal. Um, I I think Celta are hesitant to sell. I also think he might be hesitant to take that move at this moment when, come the summer, other clubs maybe looking for a number 9
1: I I agree long term and big picture it wouldn't have been a good move but it does does sound like the kind of crazy thing that would happen on deadline day with them being willing to oh, pay his true. his release fee
0: Yeah yeah that's that is fair but I, I think like even for him personally he might look at it and think well like if Bayern if Lewandowski leaves Bayern in the summer and Bayern don't get Timo Werner they'll need a good number 9 I'm a pretty good number 9 if Inter Milan sell a Cardi they'll need a number 9 I could go there So I think he might have just as
1: is needed number nine.
0: Liverpool would be a very good fit for him, and I think he'd get a glowing endorsement of our club from Luis Suarez. Um, Whether he fits us stylistically is questionable, but I think he can make it work. And when we did our um, our transfer committee pod on Anfield Index Pro in the summer, he was he was the number nine that I pushed for. I, I think he's the one who has the highest upside. Now at the time, his price wasn't quite where it is now we were looking more kind of 25 to 30 million because he'd only had the one season there now you're certainly going to be looking at 40 million um i mean it would be very west ham to pull off that signing you remember when they signed tevez and and then they signed felipe anderson in the summer which shocked me
1: yeah
0: um and i think i think they may struggle to hold on to him in the summer and if say for example christian erickson did leave spurs well, Felipe Anderson would make a really, really good replacement. Um, it's a hybrid he, one because you could either play Delhi through the middle and Felipe out left or vice versa. Exactly. And, you know, he'd certainly suit us really well as well. So, And he'd suit United and he'd suit Arsenal and he'd suit Chelsea. He's really
1: good. That's where we're landing <laughs> Yeah, on he's that.
0: really, really good. Like, at Bar City, he probably gets into every other team in the league. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, I I think they've, they've done... They've done not enough. I think they needed more this window. I think a centre-back was something they needed. I think a midfielder is definitely something they need because there's just far too much Mark Noble for my liking. Um, and they could probably do it one more wide player, although they know they have Lanzini coming back. So he'll probably play on, on, on in a wide role. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with what you said. I think it, long-term we might look at this as as a bad window for them because of uh the potential to make miss out on Maxi Gomez. Um but I, I think that I think they weren't sure that they could get him either way, even if they had all the extra money. So that's why I think they held on to Arn and I think they'll try again for the summer.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it'll be definitely interesting. But like I said, for for now I think it's a it's a solid B but I can see your argument why uh there there were additions needed elsewhere, but you can't expect to spend that much uh in January. Uh but we'll wrap up uh here with Wolverhampton who uh I've given a B plus two. Oh
0: sorry, I never gave my grade on West Ham oh, sorry. and sorry. It is a D. Mm. Um it's a D because they loaned out <clears throat> Reese Oxford who they just haven't developed properly at all. He's Which is becoming of, a trend. It is becoming a trend, but he's one of the biggest young player young talents in England. He could be the ideal fit next to Issa Diop moving forward at centre back. Um, they've loaned him out to Augsburg. By all accounts, Augsburg now have an option to buy him. That's You're just writing off a huge young talent because you're too fucking lazy to develop him. Yeah, there might be some issues where it's not all rosy like it is with Declan Rice, where he just comes in and he just kind of gets better and better you know, incrementally each week. It might take a bit of work with Reese, but it's just so stupid. So I would have given them a B right up until deadline day when they did that loan and now it's it's a d
1: interesting all right now we will wrap up uh with wolves i've given them a b plus uh no big deadline day deals but uh, they do sign johnny on a permanent move Uh, he was there previously on loan i did see somebody say uh, that he walks into any 11 in england and i think that is a heavy stretch um but he's inarguably very talented and very good at that level and I think they've done very well to hang on to him long term. And I, I just had this one thought, uh, which was are Wolves not what Everton want to be?
0: Yeah, that's actually a very good shout. They they very much are um where where Everton would like to be. Um they've been they've been very, very good in, in how they've gone about their business and who they've looked to bring in and I think there's a lot of talent there. I think they've been really clever as well, like you look at how you know it's just simple things like they bought Bennecophobe and then sold him a couple of days later at a couple of million profit like that's just really smart. It's mm-hmm. a simple deal, quick turnover, and you've done yourself well um I'm not as high on Johnny as a lot of people. I certainly don't agree with that i can't I saw the same same tweet. And I I can't remember who said it, but I just can't agree with that notion. And it was
1: somebody that I usually am like, oh, yeah, good point. (laughs) I was like, "Mm, Yeah, crazy.
0: That's it, exactly. Um, Like, again, I think he's okay. I think he's decent. But if he was really good, wouldn't Atletico Madrid just have kept him, given they're currently desperate for a right back? Mm. You know, he he plays both sides. He's equally comfortable both sides. Um, Juan Fran is very much... At the end of his career, they don't have a replacement. They've been using people like Thomas Partey and others in that role um, because Versalco was loaned out inexplicably. And uh, And is now hurt. Yeah, I mean, they only bought Johnny in the summer. So they bought him from Celta. Um, I can't remember what they paid, but I think it was about 6000000 million. They've loaned him out. He's played six months at Wolves. He has been pretty good, but a little bit inconsistent and they've made 12 million profit. That's really good business from Atletico Madrid. And, um, I, you know, I think wolves, I, again, wolves are one, I think could have done with one more. Um, I think a center back is desperately needed because I think most of the center backs are pretty trash, but, uh, I give them a C for their window. Um, I expect we'll see quite a bit of business from them in the summer. Because they just strike me as a club who's going to do a lot of business every summer from now on. Yeah, and it
1: should be noted, you know, they, they have a little uh, help with the whole agent partnership thing. But oh, Jorge Mendez, a yeah. great man. But it, But it doesn't undo the team that they are building and how they play because they are very fun to watch. Um, yeah. and, and have a very good balance in that squad. All right. Well, we have now gone through all of the 20 Premier League clubs. So we'll just wrap up with uh, something we, we intended to do on our half-season show that didn't end up coming off. But uh, if you had to put uh, your money down right now, who's finishing as champions, top four, and relegation?
0: Um, I'm going to say that we're going to win the league. Just because we are five points clear, I think there's inconsistencies in our team, but there's also inconsistencies with City and with you guys. And I, I just think we'll we'll scrape ourselves over the line. I think it'll be really close. And I think it'll be all three teams up there at the end. I don't think Liverpool and City will pull away from Spurs. um. So I'll go Liverpool first, City second, Spurs third. Let me think about fourth and I'll come back to it because there's three clubs there who have a real shot. Um, Relegation, Huddersfield, 1,000%. Um, Cardiff, I think, will go down. Uh, Do you know, before they signed Batshuayi, I actually thought Palace could go down because I watched them wobble and wobble and wobble and I just felt they were getting ready To fall over and go down. Um, I know I said earlier that I thought Fulham would stay up. And that's through my own ignorance. I didn't realise there were actually seven points off off Burnley and Southampton. Because Southampton had been my third team to go all season long. But I think they've got a decent manager now. And I think there's enough talent there. That even though they've left themselves short. They should be able to just pick up enough points. Yeah, I, th- I think it is I think it is going to be Fulham. I actually do think it is going to be Fulham. I didn't realize there were seven points off. I thought it was only four, hmm. uh, which you can pick up in a couple of weeks. And They've got so much talent there. I mean, if you're looking for a bargain in the summer, um, call Claudio Ranieri because he, he might have a few. Um, someone like Sarri could be a great pickup in the summer now if yeah. they could have. Uh, but yeah, that that would be my three: uh, Huddersfield, Fulham, and Cardiff. Um, that fourth Champions League spot, I don't, I don't trust any of those teams to secure it for themselves. Like, I don't look at Chelsea. You think it'll be you think, the failures of the other two. Yeah, like I don't look at any of them and think, right, they can win five games in the bounce against you know good teams and they're they're going to be right in the mix. I think we've got a top three. And then a secondary three. Um, I'll go with I'll go with Arsenal purely on the basis that I think Aubameyang and Lacazette are good enough to overcome the deficiencies, and I don't know that I trust Lukaku or Rashford. To score enough goals for united and overcome their deficiencies and at chelsea i mean Ed- eden hazard might be the most talented player in the league but he's right up there with the most inconsistent as he's, well And doesn't
1: can i can i simplify that thought of how i view him he is mm. the most talented player in the premier league but he's not the
0: best yeah oh he's not the best i don't think he's top three in fact i don't think he's top five because for me if you can go entire seasons without a goal when you play in the front three or when you can go entire season has been absolutely garbage as he has not once, but twice. Yeah. Um, You're not, you're not the best player. You're not the top one of the top five best players. I think, I think he's an incredible talent. I think he's a rare talent, but I don't, I don't think he's become anything close to the player. He he should have been again. This is a thing with Chelsea. I think the mentality is wrong. The mentality, his mentality for sure. Yeah. He doesn't have that, killer instinct that
1: same like, as ericsson fuck, by the way
0: yes yes exactly and that's that mentality is part of the reason liverpool didn't sign christian ericsson um but i mean look at look at the performances christian ericsson has outperformed Eden hazard over the last five years if you want to take it as an entire body of work and christian ericsson is in my top five mm-hmm. um hazard i just think chelsea just don't develop players properly at all Look at Andreas Christensen. He's probably the best young centre-back talent in the league right now, yeah. and they're not developing him. And this is with Sari, So it's not just a management thing. It's a club thing from top to bottom that they don't care enough to invest in developing young players. Um, so maybe it's a maybe it's an academy coaching or development coaching thing. But I looked at Hazard at, at Lille, and I thought this guy will be the best player in the world at some point in his career. I thought he was a bigger talent than Neymar. And I still think, talent wise, it's pretty close, probably a coin toss. But you look at what Neymar has done and what Ericsson has done, and they're they're two different players. Ericsson's, or not Ericsson, Hazard. Hazard hasn't done it in the Champions League. He hasn't carried a team to a title yet. Um, Neymar's a street ahead of him. And it's a a shame. Like, it, it. the Premier League has been done a disservice by Chelsea um, yeah. because they've all the money to go and buy the great players, and and this is my worry with Pulisic as well is that it's just it's the wrong club. If he'd gone to Spurs or if he was going to Arsenal or any of the others, you'd, you'd trust him to just become an absolute dynamo and a complete star. But at Chelsea, he might just be the player that he is now for the rest of his career. Like I don't I don't know that Eden Hazard is any better now than he was when he joined Chelsea. Um, I think that's a common theme with them. Um, so I'll go with Arsenal, just because I looked at Liverpool 13-14 and we were absolutely trash in defence. Our midfield couldn't defend, to save the lives. Jordan Henderson was a headless chicken, but he was an effective one. Steven Gerrard was the worst defensive defensive midfielder I've ever seen. He was brilliant on the ball, obviously, but horrendous defensively. And yet, Suarez and Sturridge just, you know, loaded everybody up and carried them. And I think Aubameyang and Lacazette are good enough to do that. And I think Emery is good enough to do it. So I will go for Arsenal.
1: Yeah, uh, so for me, I also have Liverpool winning the the title just because I think City's frailties have led to more dropped points than Liverpool's. Um, as you say, they're there in both squads, but you've somehow managed to overcome them. Some of them luck, like the uh, aforementioned Pickford thing. Yes. Um, some of them through your own uh, determination and uh grit tm um but uh so I, I do have liverpool still winning the league uh then city tottenham i think everybody will agree th- those two are next although i i said on twitter and i still believe we are not in the title race we are in the top four race and winning it heavily but we are not yes. in the title race um
0: yeah i think that's fair i think you're maxing out right now i mean you, you could do a drawing your game every now and then you know you're which we literally to can't that. do <laughs> um but i i think i think you've, you've You've really kicked on over the last one. And like you're doing this with a lot of interest. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. So very impressed with what we've done. But again, I I don't think the title is really in our picture. Um, For me, I have United fourth. I know they haven't had the uh, fixtures to confirm how good they are. But their win against us, their draw against Burnley. Like, you can look at the flashy wins that they've had under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. But those two results... Tell me that there is something real in this team. And to an extent, it feels like kind of their flair and magic is back. Uh, and you don't know how long you can ride a wave like that. Um, but for me, I, I genuinely think that they could surpass uh, both Chelsea and Arsenal. I think the issues at the other clubs are bigger. I think United just have a better squad than both Chelsea and Arsenal do. Um, and so with a manager that's uh, rednapping it a bit and just just encouraging the players, telling them he's on their side, trying to get the most out of them, especially after a manager like Mourinho. You can really see why that's working, um, personality-wise. So for me, I do have United fourth, um, and then Chelsea-Arsenal in some combination at 5-6. Uh, then for relegation, very uninteresting. Same as you, Fulham-Cardiff-Huddersfield.
0: If Solskjaer gets top four... They keep him. They have to keep him, don't mm-hmm. they? Yep. They can't. They can. Like It'd be... It'd yeah. be I I, I have
1: spoken to somebody this week, I forget who, sorry, uh, just because we've done so many of the transfer segments this week, but somebody said that they want United to finish top four because they'll get stuck with uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer the way Chelsea did with uh, Di Matteo after the Champions League win, but there's a difference there, and it might be an intangible one, but I, I, I know that Solskjaer has struggled everywhere else he's been, but maybe it's being at that club, there have been rumors uh that uh cause came on and said he he believed somewhat that sir alex is actually kind of pulling the strings a little bit um but uh yeah i, I just think it's going to work for some reason and it shouldn't have let me clarify that i didn't think this would work but it's pretty inarguable that it is but again check back in in march and see how they have performed after all these difficult fixtures um but that will do it for us dave thanks so much for coming on we haven't fully decided how and when this is going to be released but it will come out somehow and you'll find out about it on both ai and on epl index uh but dave thanks again so much for coming on uh tell the folks so they can find you
0: uh on twitter at dave hendrick underscore not accepting followers ever um and on anfield index at anfield index pro
1: Cool. Well, thanks again. Another marathon session with the two of us. But hopefully the folks at home enjoy listening to it as much as we enjoy talking. Uh, But again, thanks. Hope you have a best rest of the season. Liverpool should win the title, so just go ahead and do it already. And uh, I'm sure we'll speak soon.
0: Go.